0: This podcast series is supported by members at Patreon. If you want to support this podcast series, head to patreon.com forward slash Cascadian Beer. With such a variety of styles and craft beer, it can be easy to forget their origins and the history around them. Welcome to the Cascadian Beer Podcast. My name is Aaron and I'm a Cascadian. I have a background in radio and television broadcasting, I'm a music producer, and I have a passion for beer. I don't consider myself an expert in beer by any means, but I do enjoy and respect the craft and the passion of these brewmasters. I want to learn from these pioneers and what sets them apart from the rest and why they choose to call Cascadia their home. Cascadia is a bioregion in the Pacific Northwest on the North American continent. It is made up of the U.S. states of Washington and Oregon, as well as the Canadian province of British Columbia. In this podcast series, I'll be profiling the unique breweries of Cascadia, a region that has a strong presence on the international beer scene. Today I'm profiling a festival that showcases farmhouse-style craft beers to Vancouver, B.C. In other areas of Cascadia, these styles are pretty well known, but in British Columbia, that isn't always the case. Farmhouse Fest is a relatively new beer festival held at a unique location, which focuses on these more traditional styles of craft beer.
1: Hi, I'm Dave Shea. I'm one of the founders and organizers of Farmhouse Fest. And what is Farmhouse Fest? Farmhouse Fest is an annual festival of saisons and wild ales. So that's anything funky, anything sour, anything with a little bit of an edge to it. And then why did why did
0: you decide to start
1: this festival? Yeah, that's an interesting question. Beer festivals in Vancouver have traditionally been a lot more uh, focused on just basically getting everybody together and pouring any beer that's available. There hasn't been a lot of editorial control. There hasn't been a lot of discretion and um, selection, we'll say. We've looked abroad. You know, we've been to festivals uh, outside of Canada, and we've been to, you know, Portland a lot. We've seen how it works in other places, and we've seen that festivals can be something different. With a little bit of focus, with a little bit of clarity in, in vision and in purpose, you can actually have a really interesting event that just, like, revolves around a very specific beer style or range of styles. And it tends to bring together like-minded people who really appreciate that particular beer style. And you said we, who is we? Uh, so yeah, Farmhouse Fest uh, this year is uh, three primary organizers. It's myself, it's Jonathan Evans, and it's Matt Kump. We've worked with other organizers in the past, and we'll continue to kind of bring in people as necessary. This year, we've got uh, a few kind of key staff members, people that we're bringing in and actually paying to run specific roles. This year, we're bringing in Jeremy Noonan and Alex Burner to help us manage the event, uh, manage the bar and just make sure things run smoothly. Cool. And how
0: long has this festival been running for?
1: This year is our third year. So we started out in 2015. And uh, I don't see any reason why we'd stop. (laughs) And it's at a very unique location, too. Why did you pick the UBC farm? Yeah, there's not a lot of actual farmland available in Metro Vancouver. To get that, you need to travel out to the suburbs. And of course, your transportation options dwindle pretty rapidly. And with a beer festival, you definitely want convenient access to transportation. So that was that was kind of a primary concern. We looked around. We looked at spaces that would be amenable to a, a festival that had that farm theme to it. And really, UBC was the only place where we found a workable area that had, you know, both an active farm uh, with a actually gorgeous natural setting, and uh, was conveniently, or at least somewhat close to major transportation routes.
0: And it's interesting that you are focusing on wild ales and sours and lambics, because here in the pacific northwest it's it's kind of traditionally been the lager the pale ale right the ipa do you actually see like a bit of a an uptake in the style that you're trying to focus on with the festival
1: yeah. I mean, I can't say that we're going to take credit for all of this, but you know, one of the primary purposes of doing this festival was to provide a space for people to experiment and try new things and uh, not be afraid of putting something out there and having people reject it because they didn't get it. So just by creating that space, I think we've actually encouraged that experimentation, which really was, that was one of the main reasons why we started this in the first place. Because beer isn't a pale ale. It isn't an IPA. It is, it, it is a variety of styles. Yeah, beer is a list of ingredients that you can interpret and uh, remix in many, many creative ways. And limiting yourself to just hops or just malt is, I think, a little bit short-sighted. Yeah, because because uh, some
0: of the uh, breweries that you're featuring, they don't even put hops in their beer at, at, at all. It's right. just yeah. herbs and spices and whatever's in season. Exactly,
1: yeah. So, I mean, you know, in, in some senses, we're stretching the definition of beer, I suppose. But, I mean, in other senses, this is like how beer originated, going back hundreds, if not thousands of years. Mm-hmm. Beer never was a hop-forward beverage until sometime in the 12th century when hops were discovered for their, you know, bittering and flavorful uh, characteristics. Uh, up to that point, it was a lot more, you know, herbal and, and spices and things were used to balance out that multi sweetness. So, I'm not going to say that we're returning to an age old tradition or anything because they can be a bit of a hit or miss proposition once you actually reduce their, you know, remove the hops entirely. But it is just very interesting to see that wide range of available for a creative brewer to try and interpret things and, and create their own unique beverages. And so how many breweries are participating? Oh, God, that's a really good question. Uh, so this year we've got 19 local BC breweries. Uh, we're dealing with five local importers who are bringing us uh, a bunch of stuff from out of the country. And the total count is 58 breweries and cideries. And so you
0: talk about out of the country. Is that just Washington and Oregon or are there some other states involved as no, well? We've got
1: California. Uh, we've got Colorado. We've got West Beer representing the European. Actually, Copper and Theory and West Beer representing the European market with uh, Belgium coming in strong. We've got some uh, toul or toul I'm never actually sure how you pronounce that one there of Denmark. We've got, yeah, probably a handful of countries in Europe represented in the lineup this year. And some of these beers you can't
0: really get during the year, right? So it isn't really exclusive, but it's it's
1: hard to get on a regular basis here in, in BC, right? For sure. Yeah. I mean, a good example is something like a keg of cantian goes. Uh, that's not something that you're necessarily going to see crop up at, at your local pub because it's such a high demand beer. And because we run an, a, an event that actually lends itself to pouring something like that, we do manage to get the orders happening and kind of like coordinated in time so that we can have these special kind of like, maybe not like completely exclusive, but they're uh, less available elsewhere products. So the third year in operation, seeing the number of breweries that
0: that have been coming to your event, do you see kind of general patterns between what the BC breweries do together compared to what the Oregon breweries do? Or is everybody just kind of doing their own thing and there isn't a general theme to their farmhouse style?
1: Um, I would say that was maybe like the way it started in the first year. So, you know, the proposition of the festival is that we're asking people to produce stuff that might be outside of their regular wheelhouse. And of course, we've seen a lot of local breweries step up and start producing more and more of that in their their core lineup and their core offerings. And they're not necessarily using the festival as an excuse to experiment, which is fantastic. And we love that. But we also do provide a space for local breweries to be able to try a one-off, you know, give us a keg of something that they just brewed on their pilot system, you know, a small run of bottles or something. So we, you know, we'll get some exclusive from exclusive beers from the locals, but You know, was there a rhyme or reason behind what they were brewing? A lot of it was just simply, you know, this is something that we're interested in making. Let's try it. Let's see how it works out. What we've seen happen over the last couple of years, uh, this year especially is that there's a lot more cross pollination happening. And I would say this is all the way up and down the West coast, even a little bit of European collaboration happening where, you know, our breweries will go elsewhere and they'll do collaborations with breweries abroad or those breweries will come to BC and they'll do collaborations and this year, I, I wouldn't be able to list the number of beers we're seeing as collaborations off the top of my head, but I would say it's probably in the 10 to 20 range of like breweries who are there who are coming from different geographical regions at Farmhouse Fest with the beer they brewed together months ago. And that's a really cool thing to see. Yeah. So you can only get it there. So, some of them. Yeah. It's yeah. a reason
0: to go in itself. Exactly. It? Yeah. So what is the attendance there?
1: Uh, we've been testing kind of the limits of the field. So the very first year we had 800 people and we felt it was just an amazing amount of space to stretch out, put down a blanket, play a game, a beanbag toss or whatever else. And we also feel that the field is large enough that it can accommodate more. So we've been creeping that number upward. This year we're shooting for 1300. So it's uh, I, I feel like this might be the high water mark, and we wouldn't get any bigger because one thing that we really don't like is going to festivals and it's, you know, elbow room only and you're, you know, stuck in a crowd. You're waiting in large lines to get access to beer. Um, yeah, because me personally, if it's seven deep on the line, I don't really. <laughs> you, yeah. you just go and yeah. find something else yeah. to drink. Yeah. You know, we've been festival goers. We don't want to recreate that really miserable festival experience that we're, you know, we've seen elsewhere. We want something that's uh, very Respective of people who are attending and giving them the best experience possible, uh, giving them the space and kind of the flexibility to sit under a tent if the sun's too hot or it rains, God forbid, or spread out a blanket on the field. So. We feel like we've got the right balance. And that's why I say, like, I don't think we're going to go any higher than 1300. I think that's like our, our upper limit for that space. It feels like that's, that's the right fit between the amount of boost we're juggling, uh, the tents we're putting down and still having amount, uh, a good amount of open space for people to spread out. Something new that we're trying this year is we've got an early entry uh, where people had access to a limited number of tickets and they would be able to buy for just a slightly increased premium and, you know, an extra couple drink tickets. You can come in an hour early and start your day uh, and get early access to some of the things that we're pouring. So that was a very limited uh, amount of tickets that sold out. But the general pool is, um, I, I think, about 900 tickets in total, and we still have a few hundred of those left. So there's still time. And what is your favorite style out of the farmhouse styles to consume? I am particularly partial to Brett Saison's and that's something that I feel like we underrepresent year after year. People just aren't making them to the level that I want. So anytime I see a brewery step up and propose that as one of the beers I want to bring, I'm all for it.
0: And what is some, uh, some good tips to make the day as best as it can at the festival? Uh, What, what what would be something that you would tell somebody to bring to be prepared for uh, to enjoy the day?
1: Well, Let's be honest, it's Vancouver. Prepare for any kind of weather. Uh, The first year we had blazing sun, it hit 30 degrees that day. So, you know, I would have said bring plenty of sunscreen, bring a hat. The second year it was raining and pretty miserable the whole time. But people had fun despite that. In fact, we had so many people come to us and say, we preferred the rain over the sun because we got to huddle around under the tent. And, you know, it was a lot more of a community feel. You got to talk to your neighbor and the rain didn't dampen anybody's spirits. Uh, this year, we're shooting for somewhere in the middle. You know, we don't control the weather. We hope for the best. I'm hoping it's going to be a pleasant 23 degrees with a partial cloud coverage that kind of comes and goes throughout the day. That would be all I ask for. So, you know, if the gods are smiling on us, we'll get something like that.
0: All right. Thank you very much. Thanks a lot. That was Dave Shea, one of the co-organizers of Farmhouse Fest. Since releasing this episode, I got to attend Farmhouse Fest 2017. In a little bit, you'll get to hear the reaction of some of the attendees, as well as some of the breweries that were hosted at the festival. But first, I got to speak with one of the other organizers of Farmhouse Fest while at the event.
2: Your name is Jonathan Evans, and your role here? Uh, I'm the director. There's two of us who are directors, actually. So I'm one of the main organizers, founders of the company. There's three of us this year sort of doing uh, a little bit of everything and what is this uh, Farmhouse fest it's uh, it's kind of a grown into this it's big but it's it feels pretty comfortable today so I'm quite happy with the size of it and you're sold
0: out and that's the thing that I've been hearing most from people that are attending is it's a very comfortable crowd.
2: It is it's sold out we don't we don't try to push the numbers too much like it seems if you look across the field right now it looks like it's pretty crowded but there's hardly any lineups there's lots of seats available there's lots of grass to sit down on uh it's cool a lot of people are standing around chatting it's kind of the vibe we want so this is your third year running Mm -hmm. how is this compared to the other two years previously uh well the weather the first year was really hot this is pretty damn hot today we're four or five degrees colder so it's very similar in that regard the grass is a bit greener Uh, we got a little bit of a breeze last year was really fun but it was wet uh so every year has been a little bit different but this is definitely I'm going to say the best because we've got more beer, we've got better beer, we've got more locals, more imports, more people. It's become a uh, go-to now. Yeah, it's kind of grown into this thing where it's not quite like a destination type fest for people visiting yet, but it's kind of what we want to turn it into. So we want to have that mix of good local breweries kind of doing half of the tents and then imports kind of coming, visiting, doing some stuff that doesn't come here that often. Uh, So it gives people a reason to come. Like we call it like a celebration, and that's kind of what it is. It's not, it's a tasting event, but it's not to come and try stuff that's on sale. It's to come and try stuff that's never going to be on sale. It's like the breweries are showing off. It's it's their good stuff that they don't make a whole lot of. So it's not like you can go to any liquor store and buy all this. You might be able to buy half of it, but the other half, probably not. So how many breweries do you have here on a final total? Because I talked to your partner in crime
0: and it's grown since I talked to your partner in crime. And uh, also there's a lot of collaborations going on too, specifically for this festival.
2: Um, I think specifically we have beer from 60 to 65 breweries. I can't remember the final tally. It's over 60 and ciders. Uh, And then actual booths, we've got 42 actual booths. So there's about 42 breweries actually running a booth, pouring their beers. A few have sold out. Uh, there's still tons of beer pouring. Um, yeah, the big thing with the import is when they get these guys to come up and visit, they like to kind of entertain them for the weekend. So a lot of them will kind of do like an off-site event. So we had a couple of those last night. There's a couple more tonight. Uh, sort of like tap takeovers for the importers. But then while they're here, some of them like to hang out and make beer with some of the locals. So a couple of those happen. We're pouring a few. I haven't tried it, but there's the, uh, the Daggerite Upright collaboration, which just got came out and bottled, I think, releasing next week. Uh, Steel and Oak has a collab with Commons. Commons is here as well. I'm not sure what's actually been brewed. We find out about a lot of it kind of after the fact. It's not like secret, but a lot of the collaboration brews they don't really announce until they know it's going to turn out. And I mean, you don't want to announce something that's never going to be re- re- uh, released. Uh, we've got the two strange fellows. Uh, this what is it called? The Strange Times from last year. And then we also had the uh, the Fieldhouse Modern Times collab pouring too So there's a little bit of everything around uh, collaboration wise. I know some still going to happen. Um, Stillwater did a collaboration with uh, Hearthstone, who's not at the fest, but they do some good sours. I think there's a few other collabs happening. It's kind of, a lot of it's kind of spontaneous, so we don't even really know about it. It's not really something we plan. It just kind of happens. How's the crowd been? Good. I mean, the two security guys sitting behind us here—they uh, haven't been tackling people all day. It's—it's <laughs> it's not too rowdy. <laughs> I mean, they're enjoying food at the moment. <laughs> yeah, it's—it's it's a really chill crowd. I think that speaks to the event more than anything. It's not like the tasting event where you go and you do shots of beer around um, tent to tent to tent and try as many beers as you can. People are—they're looking at the beer. They're seeing how it looks like in the sunlight, getting the color, like the how hazy it is. The head on the beer is really important to the style, so yeah you get people it's a four-round sport but people are they're taking their time to enjoy it they're not just shooting it going out to the next one so that kind of it just gives us all things laid-back atmosphere like there's liveliness, but nothing seems rushed today i mean we were rushed in the morning that always happens but it's uh right now it's it's quiet and chill and yeah this is about perfect so always uh looking forward to next year
0: already uh, do you think this is the uh, the comfortable level for you? Do you think you'll do the size again, or do you
2: want it to be a little smaller? Um, yeah, we're going to keep things about this size. If we go bigger, it's not going to be the actual festival that gets bigger. It'll be maybe more of an emphasis on the welcome night. Like last night, we did this thing at 12 Kings. It was pretty fun. A lot of the breweries showed up, so we might want to expand on that rather than the actual fest. Uh, maybe do like a Friday night welcome party on the field. We could do that. Uh, lots of ideas, but the main festival itself, this is about as big as it's ever going to get. Uh, I mean, there's some lineups. We don't want the lineups to get any bigger. We don't want to add any more breweries. So attention, locals, there's 150 view in BC now, and we're only going to have room for 20 next year, so nothing personal. But it's just kind of the uh, the mix we want to have, kind of that 50-50 local to import. So about 20 locals, about 20 imports. It's kind of really the, uh, the max amount of tents we can fit. To have a good layout that kind of flows like we've got kind of the circular motion going it helps everything it helps the crowds it helps the view like you can see the whole event you can see all the tents and it just yeah it just makes for a better day and if it's crowded it just takes away from that so yeah i mean we're gonna have a lot of leftover beer we could easily add three or four hundred people but then it's just it's more stressful for everyone if we do that so so you said 50 people didn't turn up what is your final total by now i think we've checked in 1200 so when you add in a few guest lists, media, and that kind of thing, I think the grand total would have been about 1250 And then, so we've got about 40 booths, about three or four reps at each booth. That's another 150 people. Uh, we're well under the capacity of 1,500. We didn't really want to go above 1,400. So we're probably between 1,400 and 1,450, all said and done. Food trucks, volunteers, staff, media, such as yourself. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a good size. So next year, it's going to stay here. You don't want to move it anywhere else? No, we're never going to move. Uh, as long as we're allowed to come back here, it's kind of the perfect venue for this. There's no other urban farms. There's nothing... Uh, there's, I mean, it's just such a nice feel because you're at UBC, you're sort of surrounded by condos, but it doesn't really feel like it. U- UBC's its own universe anyway, so... Yeah, it is actually kind of its own city. It has its own police force, its own firefighters, everything. Uh, yeah, it's good. And it's they've been pretty, pretty good with us. They're not overly strict. Um, they've got a few rules we follow, and it's... Pretty smooth, and uh, the field itself is kind of a unique place to do it in terms of setup, uh, surroundings, like just with all the greenery. Um, yeah, so that if we take away that unique aspect, it's just not the same event, and it's not farmhouse. So it's it's pretty key. We'd be pretty uh, choked up if we couldn't do it here again.
0: <laughs> if somebody was wanting to start a beer festival uh, themselves, what would be some advice that you would give them?
2: Uh, I would say if you're going to f- form like a group of people organizing it. You've all got to be interested in it and appreciate the types of beers, but at the same time, it's not like we're going around drinking all day. We're just setting up, we're doing all that planning. Uh, We've got a great designer doing all of our branding. Uh, Dave did the website, Matt did the design, Dave does the website, all that stuff. So you got to think about things like that too. So it's not just, yeah, we want it to be a fest that we want to go to, but you got to think about all the other stuff and that's what really makes it a good event for the people actually attending. Uh, they don't see all that obviously we do so there's a lot of work that goes into it you've got a i mean a good site plan all that kind of stuff is a good thing to think about it's not just say let's throw a bunch of beers together i kind of like to think of it as an art gallery show we've curated this list people go around and they're looking at beers tasting beers talking to breweries it's kind of like it's like a beer gallery sort of it's not quite a farmer's market it's not quite like a tasting event per se but it's somewhere in the middle and it's yeah you've got to have some sort of focus otherwise it's just another event and I think there's lots of good individual events in BC. So we, a lot of people compare us to this event or that event. And it's like, well, why? Everybody's got a everyone's got a right to do their own thing, which makes each individual event good. If we're all just doing the same thing, what's the point? So if you're going to do something, it's, yeah, do something unique. It makes it worthwhile. Well, thank you so much for your time on this very hectic day for you. Uh, no, it's good to sit down. It's been very hot, but there's a bit of a cool breeze now. The clouds have still a bit of blue sky, but the sun is hiding a bit more. So... I think it's going to be a really good last three hours of the fest. Is it time for you to grab a beer? Yeah, I might have to go taste a few, uh sample a couple of the locals that I've been uh looking forward to. There's a few that have been in barrels for a few years. There's some import stuff. But yeah, mainly I just kind of want to uh sort of soak it all in a bit without running back and forth. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Great. Thanks, man.
0: Thank you so much to Jonathan for taking a moment to sit down with me at the festival. Now I wanted to find out what the average Joe, as it were, thought of the festival as well as some of the brewers. So I made my way around Farmhouse Fest 2017.
3: Uh, this is Mike from Mike's Craft Beer and uh, Pacific Beer Chat. Yeah, how you doing, sir? Uh, Not too bad. Uh, How could you have a bad day with this uh, nice weather and uh, great beer? We're at Farmhouse Fest. It is a beautiful sunny day here at UBC Farms. What's been your favorite so far, sir? I don't know about my favorite, but I always like finding Canteon because it's just so rare. So having Fufan from Canteon on tap was... A nice little surprise. What about local? Local, anything jumping out at you? I really enjoyed the Moody Ales. What was it again now? I can't even remember the name of the beer. Well, Moody Ales. Yeah, Moody Ales had a really good one. Um, it's a nice mild sour. This is a beautiful spot. Yeah, it's a beautiful spot. I mean, you're on a farm, trees everywhere. It's gorgeous. And I mean, there's a lot of people here, but there's not a lot of lineups. You can get a beer really fast. Yeah, for a sold out event, it's, it's not elbow to elbow. Yeah. which is very nice there's, there is too many events in this province where you have to wait half an hour for a beer and you finish the beer in 10 minutes 15 minutes it's just not great but this thing you get your beer right away and there's a big lineup you just move to the next booth now this is the third year of this festival running have you been every year? I missed last year I had tickets but something came up and I had to sell my ticket so you missed the rain yes I missed the rain <laughs> I got Gore-Tex I would have liked the rain actually <laughs> and so if uh, somebody was wanting to come here what, uh, what advice would you give them? bring (laughs) roll aids and and sunscreen and sunscreen yes my first year i had some pretty bad sunburns and i don't burn but uh just just come and uh research before and uh look for the beers you want to try because there's going to be a lot of beers a lot of them are one-offs or stuff that just isn't brought into the province usually um know what you want and go find it cool and where can people find you mikescraftbeer.com and pacificbeerchat.com thank you mike Thank you. And I'm with friends of the podcast, Atwood Ales. How you doing?
4: We're doing well, Aaron. Thanks for talking to us again. So this is your first time pouring at this festival, right? That's correct. Uh, last year we came to drink beer, and this year we're here to pour and drink beer. Right. And how's the response been from your brewery so far? It's been going well. We've had a lot of interests, a lot of people who have actually heard of us, or like, oh, you're the guys down in Blaine. And uh, it's, been, it's been good. We've had good response to the beers. We have five that we're pouring. We're supposed to have six, but we only have five. There's a story behind that. Well, what is the story? What is You can't just drop, oh, there's a story, and then not tell me the story. <laughs> it's the uh, BC Liquor Control Board's fault. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> we'll change those laws next time for you. So uh, I talked to you in
0: October. How things have been going for you uh, in general at the brewery?
5: It's going good we're really busy we're growing and uh we're gonna be this summer and fall uh expanding into the next bay of our brewery so expanding so we have a little bit more space uh we won't be climbing ship ladders up and down with cases of beer It'll be nice although we'll miss the cardio workout but yeah it's good
4: and you did a nettle saison recently how did that one turn out it's a really interesting beer. Um, we used the same base for the rest of our Moe's Saisons, and we, added, we harvested and added seven pounds of nettles from our, our property, the roots, the leaves, the stems. Gives the beer a really nice earthy green, like spinach salad or fresh-cut grass aroma and flavor. Works really well with our house yeast, and uh, it's actually probably been the beer that we poured the most today here at the festival. And you did a lemon balm recently. That was tasty. Yeah, just another another variant on the on the Moe's, and it's really a really subtle component. I think next time we might add more lemon balm, but it adds a nice little herbal citrus uh, component to the beer. So you've uh, had a chance to go around and try stuff. Has anything stood out for you at the festival today?
5: Oh, man, there's a lot of talented brewers here today. So there's one that I've had from Steel & Oak that is peppercorn and what was the...
6: That was
0: the collab with commons, right?
5: Yeah, yeah, which is delicious. I can't remember what the other ingredient was though for it. Um, And then we also had, of course, Holy Mountain. That's a stellar job. So I had the ox, the bottle pour before that went out. And you had the servant's table. But Engine 9 is here as well. And holy moly, those guys do fabulous sours.
4: How about you josh um i also enjoyed uh, one of the steel and oak beers that, that i had which was a guava brett saison which is really nice um there's a tequila barrel aged farmhouse sale that we had i actually don't know who made that because alex gave it to me <laughs> uh, but it was really really interesting really fabulous we really only had like three or four beers we're just sort of taking a break so yeah. we'll see what else we can find but I love this festival. It's very comfortable. It's very, very comfortable. It's not too crowded. There's not huge lineups for stuff except for maybe the food trucks, it looks like. But it's nice. People are friendly. People are polite. It's the best festival, beer festival that it's I've ever been to. Most, most, most civilized Most, I think, educated <laughs> attendees in terms of understanding what you're doing and where you're going for. They're adventurous. They're willing to try things that are a little bit off the wall. Yeah, just
5: a beautiful location on the farm here, too. It's, just, it's gorgeous.
4: Are you already planning for next year? I think so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's do something crazy. Yeah. yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Well, how, how about some Cascadian podcast Farm Fest collaboration beer? Yeah, we'll, we'll do it next year. We'll yeah. do it. Yeah. It's a deal. It's been recorded, and we can't back out now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Josh and Monica from Atwood Ales, thank you. <laughs> thank you, Aaron.
5: Thanks, Aaron.
1: Good to see you again, sir. You too, Aaron. So how is the festival going, David Shea? I can't complain. Um, you know, things are uh, things are humming along. People seem to be having a good time. Yeah. It's not raining? It's not raining. Yeah, we got the weather we wanted. It's great.
0: Yeah, because yeah, you, you said it in the episode. You wanted that kind of light cloud,
1: overcast, little bit of a breeze. It's not a scorching day. Yeah, no. I know a guy. I made this happen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How about the turnout? You sold out. This, did, yeah. is,
0: is this still comfortable for you? Uh,
1: I think so, yeah. I'm uh, kind of keeping tabs on that as we're looking around today. And I feel like It's not really shoulder to shoulder everywhere. The only uh, real lineups are uh, for popular beer and I guess the food trucks. And, uh, you know, that's all stuff that we can look at addressing next year. But I think in terms of the actual amount of people here, it's the right amount. And uh, I I feel like, you know, we've hit that perfect balance. And I'll say personally, as being a very pale white guy that burns easily and applies sunscreen all the time, there is a decent amount of shade here. So good job on that. Thanks. Yeah, no, that was something that we kind of got wrong the first year and we made sure the last two years we have not we haven't made that same mistake.
0: So, what's the feedback been? Everybody having a good time? Uh, no real complaints from anybody yet. Oh yeah,
1: no, no, things are uh, things are going well. Um, you know, every event you're going to have small things popping up, but the small things popping up have been trivial, and you can't ask for better than that. So basically, same layout for next year, same thing. You've you've now honed it in after three years. I think so. Yeah, we'll see. Um, you know, I can't make uh, I can't make any promises about what we're going to do next year, but uh, my gut feeling is yeah, it's about this. Thank you so much. You too. Thanks, Aaron. Joe Weeb, how are you doing, sir? Doing
7: great. How are you doing?
1: Doing great. We're at Farmhouse Fest.
0: Uh, How's your day been?
7: It's been great so far. I've been here for a couple hours and uh, getting some food because starting to feel the alcohol, you know. But tasted some great beers. Just trying the uh, strange fellow's strange resemblance wild saison. Very nice, tart. Uh, Lots of flavors going on in there.
4: Anything standing out for
7: you today? Well, I hadn't had. uh, I'd never heard of this brewery from Tacoma called Engine House or Engine Number Nine or something like that, and the Tayberry, Tayberry, beautiful color, bright, rich red, uh, but also really nice flavor. So to me, that's been the real like one that stands out so far, for sure.
0: How about the BC Breweries?
7: Yeah, Daggerad has a bunch of interesting beers on, and they are all tasting great. Uh, Strange Fellows, I haven't hit four wins yet, which is a big, you know, top of the list one to hit. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Who else did I try? Oh, Brassneck had a really nice, nice one on there as well. What did I have from Brassneck? I had the... Looking at the list, the good list here, useful list. Here it is. I had the, um, <laughs> it says unnamed here, but it was just Cherry Sour. I, it had a name, but I can't remember what they called it. But the cherries, actually, we've been trying to hit up all the cherries too, all around the, all around the, the festival. And, and, you know, we got the classics like Cantillon, and we got the American, amazing American breweries here. So it's too many to taste, to be honest. Is this your first time at this festival? No, I came two years ago, which was a sunny day like this, but even hotter. And uh, it was amazing. And then last year it was uh, rainy and I randomly didn't come, but was kind of glad because it rained. <laughs> but this year, yeah, it's, it's looking great. I mean, they've grown it and it's, it's, it's a really nice festival for, especially for people who are like not necessarily into a regular festival where you're just tasting kind of regular beers. This is like really cutting edge, you know, beer styles from some of the best breweries.
0: And when it comes to the crowd size too, I think this is a very comfortable size.
7: Yeah, it's very manageable. Like the longest lineups are only a couple of minutes long, like a, like ten people maybe, something like that. And
0: that's where the beer. The food trucks are a different matter. Oh yeah,
7: food trucks. That's true. The food truck lineups are a lot longer. And then you know they've got picnic areas, and uh, it's just, it's a very pleasant experience all around.
0: Well, thank you very much, sir, and uh, author of the Craft Beer Revolution, the Insider's Guide to BC Breweries, and uh, the BC Ale Trail. Uh, that's where they can find you, right?
7: yes that's true and thanks very much nice to
6: see you as always
0: you are sir ryan from lupelo brewing and how is the festival going for you
6: pretty awesome so far yeah it's my first time here i've never even come as a patron but it's yeah it's been fun a good focus of people that seem to really uh just want to taste good craft beer
0: and you're still new on the scene in vancouver you just opened how long ago
6: about eight and a half months now end of october 2016 (laughs) and
0: what do you guys focus on making
6: Basically, we focus on variety, I would say. Um, I'm really into, like, uh, wild fermented and sour beers right now, but um, we also like to do a good kind of base of solid ales and um, the odd lager pilsner here and there. So, variety would be my main focus, I would say. And you're doing
0: some barrel-age stuff with a uh,
6: spirit guy, aren't you? Yeah, we just did a really short program with them where we took some of their small barrels and ran a few different beers through it and then just had them as kind of, like, single keg releases in the tasting room, in their gin barrels. And so we did, like, a gin barrel IPA, Northwest Red Ale, uh, a wild ale, and uh, we've got a Norwegian Saison that we were going to bring today, but it's just not quite ready, so, yeah. So uh, Lupalo Brewing, where can people find you? Uh, eleven twenty-three eleven twenty three Venable Street in Strathcona. Thank you so much. Thank you. Getting the reaction from the crowd. You are, sir.
8: I'm doing fantastic. Your name? Uh, TJ. And uh, is this your first time at this festival? It actually is my first time here, yeah. And how are you finding it? It's amazing. Uh, Dave Shea and the whole crew that put this on, they've absolutely nailed it. There's, uh, yeah, it's an amazing collection of beer. I mean, the top feedback really is it's comfortable. There's not a lot of people here. Oh, for sure. Compared to some other festivals, it's, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, aside from guys with mics that put it in your face. I mean, no, I'm just kidding. It's, uh, it's great. It's uh, it's a good, good amount of space for the amount of people here. Uh, highlight beer of the day for you? Highlight beer of the day. Well, I don't know. I... I mean, Cantillon, getting to try that. Pretty sweet. I've obviously never had it on tap and probably never will again. So that's uh, the foo-foon, if I'm saying that right. I don't know. It was phenomenal. Somebody wants to come here next year, what advice would you give them? Do what I didn't do and buy the early bird access because the bottle shop has a pretty crazy selection that sells out quick. All right. Thank you. Cheers. Okay. I'm with friend of the show, Eric from Steel and Oak. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Now, you thing. have a special beer at this festival that you did. Oh, there's so many special beers here. I don't know which one you're talking about. The collab with uh, Commons, also friends of the podcast. Yeah, that was definitely a fun time. Uh, they came over a few months ago now and we brewed a beer together. And what was that exactly? It's a saison with timut peppercorns and kumquats. And how do you think that turned out in your opinion? I'm quite happy with it. It's aged well, it's bottle conditioned, ket conditioned. First time we've done that, it's coming along nicely. Is this your first time at this festival? No, we've been here since the beginning. This is our third year, third year of the festival. And how's it turned out for you? It's always a great time. People are great. They know what they want. I hope they want what we have, and uh, always a fun time. If you had to uh, sum it up in one word for somebody that's never been here before, how would you describe this festival? One word. Let's say, I mean, the first beer is just beer, but one word I'd say oh man, fun, relax? No, not
9: relaxing.
8: It's, uh, I'd say casual. Yeah. Let's say casual. Yeah. Yeah. I I agree with that completely. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's like, there's, I haven't seen any incidents. It's like, everybody's having a good time. Yeah. Nobody's getting wasted still. I mean, we're only halfway through the festival, so it's, it's good. There's water stations. So people are staying alive and we're plenty, plenty of shade. Yeah. Last year it was pouring rain. So it's a good good time this time, nice and sunny, and but not too hot. There's a good breeze. So Steel & Oaks expanded a little bit since I talked to you guys. Uh, you guys are pretty big now. You got a couple hectoliter tanks that you've added and since I
0: uh, spoke to you, right?
8: Yeah, we've got a couple new uh, 100 hectoliter tanks. That's a lot of beer. So it takes six brews on our brew house to fill it up. We're trying to pump it out. They're not at full capacity quite yet, but they will be soon. And uh, what's coming down the pipe for you guys? Because it's your birthday tomorrow. Yeah, it's our third anniversary, so we've got a whole bunch of special brews. Uh, a lot of them that we're pouring here, we brought the, the special ones here, and then some things that have been released in the last few months that we've been sold out of, but we put a couple of kegs aside just for this event. So it's going to be a lot of fun. And you guys will definitely be back next year, right? I hope so. If they invite us back, we will be back. All right, Eric from Steel & Oak, thank you.
9: Thank you very much. I am with friend of the podcast, RealCast. Hi there, it's Adam here. How are you doing, sir? I'm having a fantastic time. I really love this festival. It's uh, one of the better elements in the city. Have you been there every year? You know what? I missed the first year because I was organizing the after party, believe it or not. Uh, So we got to try everything that was left behind when it got moved to 12 Kings. So that was super awesome. Has there been a standout for you today? You know what? People might not know this about me, but I'm a huge cider fan, like massively. And I'm really pleased with the way that they've increased the number of uh, cideries that are here this year. So my big picks are uh, Reverend Nats, the uh, Bravo Cider. I think is fantastic. And basically anything from Twin Islands and also the Choch Importers as well. That's the T-X-O-T-X guys, it's pronounced Choch. Uh, those are the best people. And they have some fantastic, super funky sp- Spanish and French ciders that are just out of this world. Mm. Highly recommended. If you ever see those ones out in the uh, liquor stores, I would advise grabbing them because they are just insanely different from the cider you might be used to. What about the numbers? Is this a comfortable number for you? It seems fine. There doesn't seem to be any big, that big lineups and everything seems to be working okay. The washrooms are good. So, I mean, like that's me as an event organizer looking at these things. Mm. So I got to say, I think that's overall, it's been a really good success for them and I wish them every future for next year. Do you think you can get a cask out here in these conditions? Well, you know what? I actually talked to them a lot about that one. But the problem is, is they actually said that they didn't want to have any casks because they couldn't be sure that it would be served the right way. And I actually really respect that. I think that's totally fair because uh, whilst last year it was uh, driving rain, this year is obviously pretty warm and it's hard to kind of keep the uh, casks under control. However, uh, at the same time, whilst I'd love to be able to pour here, I'd much rather be able to drink here. (laughs) Thank you very much, Adam. Anytime. Take care.
0: All right. Thanks to everybody who uh, took the time to speak with me at Farmhouse Fest 2017. And a big thanks to Dave Shea and Jonathan Evans for putting on such a great event. I had a really great time. Highly recommend you attend. So check out the details online at farmhousefest.com. And hopefully you can attend the festival sometime soon. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Cascadian Beer Podcast. This episode was updated since its original release, and I hope you enjoyed it. If you want to send us some feedback, you can do so on our social media channels, as well as follow us there. On Facebook, we're at facebook.com forward slash Cascadian Beer. On Twitter, at Cascadian Beer. And on Instagram now, at Cascadian Beer Podcast. If you want to support this independently produced podcast series, you can do so by going to Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Cascadian Beer. Thank you so much for listening again. Hope you enjoyed it. And until next time, remember, support your local.